When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a Tea Time Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. My name is Andy. Welcome back, Seb. And hello to a different Andy. Um, Andy can't be with us, so we've subbed in another Andy, um, FPL underscore Sonaldo, who appears on our other videos and posts great stuff on Twitter. Andy, welcome to your Scoutcast debut. Thank you very much. It's a, a big privilege and honor, and I'm very excited to talk FPL with you guys today. Well, to be honest, it's our privilege and honor because, <laughs> as we discovered shortly uh, a few minutes ago, because um, you're based in Seoul, um, it's actually two yeah. thirty in the morning for you. So while it's <laughs> tea time for 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 us over here in the UK, you are at doing absolutely sterling work by being awake at this time. Um, it's well past my bedtime um, as a parent of many years. Um, so, um, Seb, what is coming up on the show? So we have a, a shorter one for you tonight, a briefer one, which I know us being brief. Haha, ha, how will we manage it? I don't know either. <laughs> uh, we have a quick recap of game week 14 so far. I guess we could touch on the one before as well, which is come and gone. Then we'll be looking at the Manchester clubs, both United and City, who top the season ticker. And then moving on to a look at mid-price mids, there may be a little bit of overlap there as well, but plenty of others to consider. We will look at the next four fixtures as usual. We have the community team, Alex's team, which Joe has mostly been uh, leading there for us and leading well, I believe. Yeah, we've done well And then we have some differentials, which I totally didn't pick 13 seconds ago. And finally, our Game Week 15 teams. Excellent. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got a bit where we usually look at our game weeks so far. But no, we're no, no fancy pants graphics this time um, because we're still in the middle of the game week. So to sort of timestamp where we are, it's 5.30 on Thursday. We still have two matches to go in game week 14, but we're previewing game week 15. Um, I did the captaincy video earlier today. It can get a bit confusing because we're sort of in the middle of a game week yet talking about the next game week. Um, so apologies if we get any uh, fixtures muddled up, well, rather if I do. Um, but yeah, game week so far um at the moment i'm on i think 60 points um and a green arrow only just um a little green arrow and that's mainly down to connor cody coming off my bench for reese james so i have connor cody to thank for that so far but it could all change tonight got kane and fernandez not that one i've got the brentford one to go um andy how, how have you been doing in game week 14 so far uh, it's a uh, game week from hell, right? That's oh, the term okay. that oh. the community is using. <laughs> well, what's, what's been going um, on then? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm on 45 points now, 45 points with mm-hmm. uh, four left. So I don't think it's over yet. Um, I'm, you know, it's meaningless right now. So hopefully I can minimize the damage and try to try to get a small green arrow possibly, but I'm not sure. I, I got Kane and Bumo, Tony and Ramsdale left. 
Okay, so well, I don't know. That's that's pretty good actually. Um, e- each week, um, I get I get I get completely saved by Connor Cody coming off my bench <laughs> or or playing because no one owns him. But he sort of mitigates against Ramsdale <laughs> or an Arsenal defender, and that is that's actually the weakest link in my side. No Arsenal defender because he's so heavily owned Ramsdale. Um, Seb, how has your game week fourteen been going? Uh, yeah, so I took a little drop in 13 from that 50 to 90k odd. Um, going a bit better this week on 59 so far mm. with Son and Bumo to go. I think that's it. Um, oh, and some points off the bench for James, I think, but like you know, two points or something. Um, I don't really mind where I am right now. It's mid-game week, hopefully a green, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. I think there are probably people in better positions than me yeah. and some in worse, so I'll take it. Well, I mean, my uh, on live FPL, I'm... I'm uh, listed as very template um, and I've moved from moderately template to very template and so if any, any movement it tends to be will be like a Connor Cody or Armstrong for me in the past if anyone's had say Watkins or Wilson or Pookie these are other sort of just one player just that one difference that five six extra points from that can give you the difference between a red and a green out but it's really it's it's it's, it's tough at the moment to make inroads but um we're getting there. Um, just before we move on to our first topic, there was, um, um, I didn't really want to do rough with the smooths this week, but there was one I noticed, FPL God, um, I, well, I won't uh, read out his comments about his moves this week. <laughs> he took a minus eight, um, if anyone's seen this on Twitter, a minus eight. He he removed Neil Mapay, who scored, which is rare. Uh, he, he, he took out Damari Gray, who scored which is rare and of course he's transferred out diaz who scored which is also rare he scored he transferred out three very rare goals um and he brought in jota that was good got a goal back there also brought in alonso that's a blank and a booking and lucardia um who i don't think he got any minutes toward no i think they used up all their subs by then i think brighton had 10 players so um lucardia couldn't have even have come on even if um he wanted to there so um yeah hmm, not so good um just before also we move on to the first topic welcome those who have joined us in the live chat um welcome to paul madassa uh, matthew matt uh, david james agp um and all the others ibk naif doi coco um and uh, all the others that have joined us thanks so much for joining us uh, at tea time or 2 30 if you're joining us from seoul um, yeah, I'm going to move on to the first topic. Um, Manchester City Club. Well, let's put it. I'll put the I'll put the picture up. It's uh, some Manchester United players, but it's Manchester City and United we're looking at really. We did, did the fixture too. We'll look at the fixtures a bit later. Man City and Manchester United are top. Man City have Watford, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, Norwich, Brentford, and Brighton. So, um, Andy, what what's your state of play with? Man City and Manchester United players at the moment. Who, who have you got? Who have you got your eye on? Yeah, so in terms of City, I have Cancelo, mm-hmm. uh, of course. And I had Foden and transitioned him to or tra- uh, transferred him out for Gundogan. And what happened yesterday? He didn't play, right? I think he's yeah. Ill- maybe illness. I have no idea, to be honest. We so um, that's unfortunate. I, I mean, but, United, but I hope I is, is, it's a minor illness. Sorry. I mean, as opposed to a major injury. <laughs> I think it, I, I'm hearing it's an illness, possibly. Okay. So who knows, right? Uh, but it's definitely in a headache because it's just a transfer wasted. And 
we'll see what happens. But United, I, I don't have anybody right now. Ah, okay. Um, who, any anyone you got your eye on? Because we're going to talk about Manchester United and it, tentatively, are there any players that you you think? Oh, I could get in. I might get in. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to go in debt, right, mm. a little bit on yeah. this because uh, I have some stuff prepared. But, Ooh, good stuff. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it's, I think it's hard to predict, to be honest. Um, but um, I don't, I'm don't. i not so keen on Ronaldo. I, I don't think, uh, you know, he may be a great, great option, but under Rang, Rangrick, I, I'm not sure he's the, the guy I would go for right now. I, I like Sancho. I think he's a de- decent punt here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much unknown right now. Okay, and and Seb, what's your City United contingent at the moment? Uh, I have Cancelo, and I lost Foden for Jota, which was okay. Uh, I would like a City midfielder back, but so would everyone, right? But we want to know which one it is. Yeah, and that's as much guesswork as skill, I think. And then I have no United, although with the wild card, I guess in theory I would use it to load up on United ahead of those great fixtures. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more from Rennick, and obviously the Man United situation with him is kind of bizarre so he's quality in, in of himself mm-hmm. but he's there for six months then he's moving into like a consultancy role so it's not even necessarily like mm-hmm. technical director he's consulting so i don't quite know what that means we don't know who the new then actual manager will come in and even with all of that in the future take into into account how quickly can he have an influence on this team you know we've got a good example in conte at spurs at the moment we saw some things he was trying immediately and we did see an impact but in an fpl sense i'm not sure much has changed yet no. So I want more time and I don't have that much, if I'm honest. Okay, yeah, we've had some um, community questions on this. So these are, Hopefully we're going to better answer some of these questions um, as we as we go through this topic. Uh, units ask, is Sancho the next bandwagon? FPL winner 21-2, so very optimistic person. Is, is Sancho a good pick um, for pre- the pressing managerial style from Rangnick? Um, internal error who is the best Man City player to get in and Pomodoro are we all getting Ronaldo again Waltzing Matilda says Bruno Sancho Ronaldo for our Christmas tree teams I was about to say Christmas trees even but Christmas teams uh, Mira is Jesus uh, Jesus worth considering um, at Christmas always um, so um, Manchester United let's go on to Manchester United first because um, I've got I've got some stats here um and what what I've done here, this is all matches because new manager, clean slate. So anyone could play in theory if they're fit. Um, and this is minutes per expected goal involvement. We've got some other stats there as well. But it's it's van der Bench, van der Beek, the guy that ne- can never get any minutes. Whenever he does, he takes his chances. Um, but it's so, so low on the minutes. Um, we want to see. It's such a small sample. He's a player I'm interested in potentially at 5.7 um could be great Cavani I was just reading is back on the grass coming back from injury so he could be near could be uh could fit the style or might not fit the style uh Cristiano Ronaldo um the consensus is he might not fit the style but 27 shots inside the box eight starts so um and then you go down the list gradually you've got Fernandez there 38 chances created that's a lot um, um and then you've got Sancho who hasn't had, like Van der Beek, not a lot of minutes, um, but 11 chances created when he has been on the pitch, which has been good. And Mason Greenwood, great, great start. And most of his uh, stats there are from the start. So 12 chances created, 17 shots inside the box and 12 shots on target. Great, great um, at the start of the season. He was in my team, but but not anymore. Um, Andy, 
Hmm. Right, Manchester United. I don't know why the way your team is set up because a lot might depend on that. But who have you got the your eye on? Who over the next two or three matches are you looking at? To what what are you looking at with Manchester United? Yeah. Okay, so I have some notes down. If you could give me maybe a minute or two to run through it real quick, um, okay. uh, maybe it'll help the viewers. Okay. Okay. So what we know about Rangrick is everybody's talking about press, 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 but. Uh, the key word for me is transition. So he's admired for how quickly they get the ball from one side to the other. By the way, can you hear my my sound is okay? Yeah, it is. It's a tiny bit crackly, but um, okay. okay. Okay, very small amount of crackle. Okay. Um, all right. So hopefully it's okay. Anyway, so he, we know him as a philosopher. Um, you know, that's what he stresses. So there's two types of transition. Defense to offense and offense to defense, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... When, when they're defending, uh, they minimize the transition by pressing super high. Um, and when they're attacking, you minimize it by running fast. Okay. So in a, a – okay, you're following me, right? Yeah, fast so and aggressive players he likes. Exactly. So in a 4 2 2, two um, it's just one formation. There's obviously multiple formations that he uses, but I'm using this as an example. The 4 2 2 2 is just a manifestation of his philosophy. So it's like, in a bad term, byproduct of his philosophy, right? So for him, it's philosophy that comes first. And Eric Laurie, who's someone I really respect, um, says in a 4 2 2 2, the fullbacks own the entire flank because they don't have to pass, they just run up and down. Mm-hmm. And the mid strikers are in the central position. So everybody's squished into the middle, as, as you can tell. Um, and they, you know, press and not press, transition as a collective unit so it's like super fast right um so in the defensive transitions the fullbacks are way up um mm-hmm. so they can win the ball high so so i'll give you a prime example yeah when united are pressing in a four-man defense let's say you have a Premier League four-man defense such as burnley mm-hmm. luke shaw runs uh awb runs and cavani and for example greenwood i'm going to take out cristiano because cavani fits the profile a little bit more mm-hmm. they're pinning the two center backs right so what do these center backs have to do they, to get the ball to their team? They either play the long run, long ball, or they pass the ball to the midfield, right? This is where I think Bruno may become a very good option here because the strikers are going to be going to be pinned. This is, of course, one scenario. Um, and the talisman in this transition off defensive play is going to be those two center two center midfielders who get mm-hmm. the ball and then create everything from there um okay. so that's that naturally we would think that the two highest guys are probably the best to kind of you know position wise to be in the transition mm-hmm. defense hopefully you're following me here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so so yeah to conclude i i think that um you know his philosophy precedes his tactics and strategies mm-hmm. um so we have to watch who's going to play in these positions in this next two games. Okay. And it has to be either the two strikers or the two guys right behind him. Um, that, you know, it's very obvious, but uh, I think that because of that, Bruno may become a better option than Cristiano moving down. Mm. Okay. So did, does Ronaldo just simply, you just don't think he'll fit into this? <laughs> I think, I think it's Ronaldo, right? He's a superstar. He's, you know, it's going to be hard to bench him. I'm mm. sure he'll play, you know, maybe he'll get the occasional rest, but, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I think 2016 or something, Rangrick came out and said something about how uh, he would never buy Cristiano at, I think it was uh, Leipzig, right? And okay. um, so so it was a bold statement. I'm sure he's changed. He his did stats. say he said on that uh, because of age. 
the reason mm-hmm. he said that was he said um like the money they'd cost and the age they were he said he would never buy messi or ronaldo because they're too old for what they'd cost and obviously leipzig's philosophy and what Ranić has always worked with in the past is like your 23 year olds you can buy cheaper young and mold into something okay okay so mm. um he's he's possibly not keen on his age um ronaldo's not doesn't the, the setup you've just described andy it doesn't sound like ronaldo is the best player for that um either. who knows right because okay. he may be he may just implement him as a guy who's just up there and everybody else works harder and and gets the ball to him okay um but historically speaking he doesn't fit his profile as as a philosopher and a coach okay yeah. so with fernandez so for example um, someone like me um i've got kane in my team in a, in a two or three game weeks i'll be looking to remove kane um other people might have son in their team they might be looking to remove son or i might be looking to downgrade ronaldo and upgrade a midfielder um, so mm. it's, it's it's a big decision is coming up for me and I, I suspect lots of other managers what they do with their spurs assets and um, Manchester United assets. And Fernandez would be a good option, I hope. <laughs> um, historically, he's been good. So where he plays in the system, I agree with you. I'm very interested. <laughs> um, he could be very interested. Um, Rashford and Sancho. Do you, do you feel that there'll be a lot of rotation at the moment in those positions, those forward positions? I, I, I would love to know Seb's opinion on this, yeah. but personally, I think Sancho is going to be a pretty decent option. Mm. I, I hope he becomes a great option. I'm afraid of Rashford just because of the, the substitutions and, and kind of the injury proneness. Mm. Uh, but also, I want to put out there that Van de Beek, maybe if he starts getting... I, I rate Van de Beek very highly. Mm. And so, uh, once he gets that, kind of locks up that you know central position alongside Bruno, he yeah. may become a cheap option as well. Okay, okay. He, he would... I mean, well, we'll come to midfielders in a bit, but he fits the bill. Um, so, yeah, Seb, what, what's your thoughts on um, Manchester United? I mean, Andy's put that wonderfully. Thank you so much for that. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to try and add to that too much. I guess from my point of view, as I kind of said a minute ago, I'm interested to see how he can then take what Andy said there, which is his philosophy behind his football, and actually implement it. Because what we've seen in the past is him doing it with, as I said, 23-year-olds and players who aren't Cristiano Ronaldo, aren't Bruno Fernandes, who don't have established styles. And when I say ego, I don't mean in a bad way. You know, they legitimately have belief in themselves and a way of playing that's worked. Mm. And Rannick is obviously used to maybe helping a player find that as opposed to working with something that's already established. We've seen Michael Carrick take charge of one league game, I think it is, where in theory Rannick wasn't involved, but of course he was. And we saw probably a bit more of a, well, Bruno was more central, maybe more of a 4-3-1-2-ish. I wonder if there'll be some sort of shift between what Andy was mentioning there with the 4-2-2-2 and something that accommodates like a Bruno, whether you can accommodate both Bruno and Ronaldo in a system that suits them both best. I'm not sure. Maybe we've seen that already when Mm. Solskjaer was there. Um, I'd be interested in what Luke Shaw can do. Mm. I don't know. He was very hot at the beginning of the season and maybe less so as time has gone on because United have been poor at the back and he's not put up the same attacking numbers. But as Andy said, if he's going to get the run of a flank, well, I know it's going to be him over Wan-Bissaka. Although, interestingly, we did already see in the first match Wan-Bissaka trying to push further forward, trying to close down, as Andy said, and he kind of regressed from it. He sort of stopped doing it as the mm. match went on. Right. And um, United were looking for longer longer balls in transition, getting it quickly forward, as Andy said, although it was against Chelsea. So, of course, they ceded a lot of possession. 
And as I mentioned before, I kind of want a bit of time to see how this plays out. And what does Rannick have? He has like, what, one day training with the team a week at the moment with the schedule? So I don't know, if I'm, I'm completely honest. I'm, I'm interested in possibly getting a Manchester United defender, not on current evidence, um, a massive waste of money so far. But do any of you have any um, thoughts on on Rangnick's style in terms of defence? <laughs> Could I get some clean sheets? If I went for David De, uh, David De Hay, for example, or I don't know, whoever, whoever, Luke Shaw maybe, he could get assists. But in terms of actual clean sheets, is, does he have a track record of clean sheets? Either. Oh, I was, I was, I'll happily hand over to Andy if you want, yeah. Andy. Uh, I, you know, I don't... <laughs> I'm not so too keen on the clean sheets because, oh. um, you know, when when you're playing this transition pressing game, uh, your your individual player, your assets have to be really good, um, and they have a lot of a lot of talent. Like for example, in the midfield, Pogba is going to really struggle. Uh, he's just not the type of player that fits into the system. Um, if anything, Luke Shaw is the guy to go to because uh, Luke Shaw is going to have all the freedom in the world on that left flank. He's going to be pre- he's basically a winger when you're attacking, right? Yeah. Uh, which is a case for most wing backs, but as a left back, playing that winger role is not only good defensively because you're defensively uh, strong as a unit, uh, but individually he gets the freedom to attack just like a you know Chilwell or or, or uh, a Reese James, right? Um, so the potential is there for Luke Shaw, but as an owner since game week one. You know, I've been through a lot of heartache and pain, <laughs> yeah, so definitely. hopefully this uh, this fixture hopefully helps helps him out a little bit. Yes, I'm I'm another player interested in looking at. Um, before we move on to City, um, anything else to add around Manchester United? I just wanted to say, I guess obviously we've talked a bit about sort of the real footballing side, but from an FPL sense, these players need to fit into our team too. So I'm mm. with Andy on enjoying Shaw. But we have a plethora of defensive options. Sure, Chelsea's fixtures get a bit tougher. They've got some blanks coming up potentially. So maybe there's an opportunity. But really, I think it's that midfielder we need, whether it's Bruno or whether it's someone a bit cheaper. I think that's the spot we have in our squad, whether it's replacing a, a, a Foden or something like that or replacing the Son. So that's where I may be looking. Even if it's not the best option in United's team, mm. I think it might be the best FPL option. And for me, as I've said three times now, so sorry it's not that helpful, I maybe just want to try and get as much information as I can. Is it a Rashford? Is it a Sancho? Should I try and squeeze Bruno in? Is Van der Beek? You know, you've got those numbers there, which are based on very few minutes. So yeah. I'd yeah. be careful with them. Oh, yes, but definitely. But if he does identify yeah. a role, we know yeah. we can play. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what the reason I've highlighted it like this is because of this blank slate. Um, and we are suddenly looking at players with hardly any minutes because who knows? And, and Van, der, Van der Beek at 5.7. Um that's, he's going to fit in nicely. Um, I mean, mm. we've seen the ownership of, say, Jota, who is, uh, um, you know, a couple of million more, but nevertheless great value. And over the last two weeks, I mean, two, I think I think when I got him in game week four, he was not very well owned and he didn't really do much for me. But now he's just he's just completely template. I mean, it's, I, I don't get any anything else from him. I mean, if I didn't have him, I would lose out. Uh, massively but yeah he's like a like a non-player now for me he's like 90 percent owned um around around my rank which is um yeah but um so yeah we're, we're looking at these differentials they're not they're not um they're not highly owned and they could be very lucrative um um should we move on to city anything else to add about manchester united Joe, if you don't mind, oh, yeah. uh, just to echo Seb's point, um, I, I did say a lot about tactics and, and philosophy and in some ways try to make some predictions here and there. But 
it, honestly, we don't know yet. And we just really have to watch the next two games and possibly more because, uh, as Seb said, he needs more time to to you know implement its colors. Um, and and so it, it'll be it'll be fun to watch them play today and kind of. Uh, keep a keen eye on who's playing what positions. Uh, again, the em- emphasis I want to make is that his philosophy precedes his formations, tactics, this and that. So whatever put formation they play, um, you know, you're going to keep seeing these transition and, and pressing, uh, you know, advantages shown in, in his system. Okay. Uh, Realistically, his impact could be long-term, couldn't it? I mean, he's going to go upstairs yeah. for a couple of years if they get the right manager in next. And they've got a bit of a hodgepodge of a team in the background because there's still... Some of Solskjaer's, there's still Mike Feeden's still there. But realistically, this is maybe the first real step they've taken in a long time to building a sensible footballing structure at the club, hopefully. Okay, Um, let's move on to Man City. So I've got some um, stats here. Once again, I've done the same thing. Um, This is all matches um, and minutes per expected goal involvement um, for overall matches. So this shows that if they get the minutes, these are the ones that um, are heavily involved. Um, or expected to be heavily involved, rather, I should say. We've got Mares at top. So if he's on the pitch, um, he's expected to be uh, involved in attacking returns. Gundogan, this is why so many people got Gundogan in. Um, um, Sterling is there, um, quite high. Foden, we can see lots of people um, still have Foden in their sides, even though we're not sure when he's going to be back. Jesus, um, Winger, striker, don't know what he is, but um, he does. He's getting some returns, six assists, a couple of goals. Um, Grealish, um, we don't know yet. I don't think he's really found a role. Perhaps he has found his role, and it's not a role that we should be considering with the FPL. But nevertheless, he's there. And Bernardo Silva, um, I saw a, quite a good tweet from Andy, another Andy. <laughs> Let's talk FPL, Andy. And he was saying, is Bernardo Silva the Man City midfielder we should have been getting all along? And I know I know from um, uh, people in my my mini leagues and things who've got Bernardo Silva, um, they've done, been doing great. They've been doing great with him. So, And he scored again. Um, but the stats aren't as good as some of the other options. Um, nevertheless, 14 shots inside the box so far this season, um, which is more than I would have expected from him so um let's start with you this time seb what's your your mind mind everyone again of your city you've got cancelo and that's it for man city anyone else yeah i did, I did have foden uh move to Jota, and i mean i guess i'd probably go gundogan out of them without any further explanation although it depends on foden's role and I think that's the question here and i'd love to hear from andy in a sec as well i'll shut up and ask him again because his analysis a second ago was lovely mm. But I think it really depends on who's going to play and where. You know, Gundogan, if he was ill, this maybe doesn't help us know whether it's him or Bernardo when KDB is back. I think their best midfield three is KDB, Rodri and Bernardo with Bernardo on that left-hand side. But that then assumes that Grealish is on the left and Foden is at false nine, nine, mm. whatever you want to call him. Because we've heard Guardiola talk about wanting that left-footed option on the left. And if Cancelo's a left-back, which he is and is doing very well there he probably needs Bernardo on the left mid role. But then if Foden is out on the left, maybe Gundogan comes in and you can see how I'm going to go around in a circle here. So I would love to throw this over to Andy. Realistically, for me, if I can solve that, I probably know who I'm going to pick. But at the moment, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. Um, sorry, I, you probably, um, on that on our Zoom call, um, you might have seen my image it might have gone. I'm just doing that to um, save a bit of battery space. Um, there. Okay. So, um, yeah. Andy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I did another little breakdown here, uh, if you can bear with me. Uh, and 
Um, I need to shout out uh, FPL teacher on Twitter who is such a knowledgeable guy and he helped me out here. Um, so, okay, so I can talk about the potential upside here. I have Cancelo, by the way, and Gundogan. Um, and I can t- talk about the potential downside of these three these three or four or five players of City that we're considering. But I'm going to try to give you the, the mean, the average, right? Because in the end, it's really hard to predict where the points are going to come from just because uh, City, you know, really they score a lot, but they score in such spread it out, um, you know, Excel sheets or, or points that you don't, you know, KDB might score, you know, Jesus might score, this guy might score, that, that guy might score, right? So why I was so high up on Gundogan and brought him in for Foden is since game week nine, when I watched the United game, mm-hmm. um, he was playing in this like central role with KDB. And, and that's when I started watching him make those, you know, piercing runs and, mm-hmm. and you know, positional plays that we we thought of last year where he was dominating those half spaces. Right. And so, okay, there's some signs here. And then, so, and then after that, he's been playing great. Right. And, and last game week he's, he scored as well. And so I was very excited to watch him play this game week, but obviously due to the illness, we have no, I not enough eye test evidence. Therefore, what I'm going to try to do here is project their points and not predict their points so when you predict you're predicting events and when you're when you're projecting you're projecting a certain number of events are inevitable um so i I don't know if you're following me but no i'm yeah there's caveats to it okay the caveats to this is i'm intentionally overlooking it uh, overlooking a lot of things for simplicity such as assists and this and that because then it just gets too complex, right? So what I did was look at the returns of City players in the December crunch period in the 2019-20 seasons, which was before the pandemic season. And in that 1920, kind of from November 30 to the end of December crunch, there was uh, seven games that I, I looked at. And in those seven games, uh, there was over the period of a month, there were 17 goals. Uh, in seven games, which is two and a half goals per game. Mm-hmm. And there were nine different scorers. And the highest scorer was KDB with four goals, Sterling with three goals, and Jesus with three goals, which again proves my point that it's spread out. Last year as well, they had 14 goals in this period. I think there was a short break in the mm-hmm. because uh, because of COVID or something. So I went up to January, but again, analyzed eight games and there was only 14 goals. So I'm going to use this 19-20 example. So the prediction here, projection here is that the most prolific goal scorer is going to score four goals in seven games. Uh, and this is somewhat what you can expect unless one dude just goes crazy, right? And so the best case scenario here is that one guy out of the guys we pick between Sterling, Gundo, Foden, Bilva, Jesus is going to score once every two games. And our stand for, standard for Liverpool, for example, is super high, right? Casala scoring every week. Um, so to conclude, over the next seven games, if cities were to score 17 goals and you split that between four or five players that mm-hmm. we're trying to decide between, you're expecting the mo- guy the guy to score most to have three or four goals in an average case scenario. Um, assuming that it splits even evenly, I'm go- going on a tandem here. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the seven games, you would expect 30 points, which is really so-so for that price point. So this is the benchmark of a city mid. And the question can be reversed to ask you at 8.1 million, if we're expecting and projecting Foden to score 30 points over seven game weeks, uh, is it worth it? Or is it worth it to save a million and go a little bit lower and go to Gundo or or Silva? Mm -hmm. Because to be honest with you, it's hard to really decide who the guy is, right? So that's kind of 
the premise and the conclusion I came to, again, super simple, mm. but hope it helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't have a city midfielder. I feel I ought to. Mm. <laughs> um, and I can, I can get one in soon. Um, but yeah, it's really tricky. Gundogan, Foden or Silva are top of my lists, but deciding which one. Um, Seb, what, what, what about you? Do you, I mean, do you, have a particular preference? I mean, I think Andy's put that lovely again. Yeah. But realistically, my takeaway from that is I want to go for best bang for buck then. And mm. it feels very much like trying to grab a slice of yeah. the pie, which I can't possibly get all of. So I need to be satisfied with just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And maybe mm. that's where value comes in. Yeah. I think we have hopes of a KDB of old coming back, and then there's a real option. And maybe hopes that Foden, if he plays a little more central, could maybe be that option. But realistically, maybe both those things don't happen. And so then I am probably going for, like I said, Gundogan, who's got the combination of the good stats you can see on the screen there and a million or so cheaper than Foden. And then it's maybe just a shootout between him and Bernardo. And that's maybe where I want to know, oh, who do we think is a bit more nailed? But if you're making this choice for, let's say, the next eight game weeks, it doesn't matter what happens next week. It matters what happens over the course of those eight weeks. I'm. Um, I would like to double. I mean, this this about this time last year, I think I doubled up on the city defence. Um, Diaz and Stones, I think it was then, and I think in the previous year or around about the same time, I also I've also dabbled in Edison as well, and that 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 really paid off for me. Um, either of you considering a defensive double up, assuming Cancelo is you know nailed on in your team, who? Uh, any thoughts of a, of a Diaz and Edison? A, Stone really? I mean, I guess I'd go Diaz probably. Um, obviously, before the rotation, before the goal, even down nicely. Mm. But I'm probably more attracted to you know, I want Trent, I want probably still even one of the Chelsea players until they've got tougher fixtures, blanks, but we can solve that later. But even then, you know, my differential later, there's potentially Spurs options. We talk, talk about talked about Luke Shaw, I know that's stretching it a bit, but I may even look there before I doubled up on City defense. I know a lot have gone with that, though, so it's not out the window at all. But I may go, say, you know, a double Liverpool, a double Chelsea with then, say, a City defender and a City mid, something like that. Yeah, I'm um, I'm up in the air. I think I said at the start, with my particular team, and, and I think other people will be in this situation, it all depends on the end of Spurs' very good run of fixtures and what we do with the Son and Kane money if we indeed want to hop off those because it frees up a hell of a lot of money and it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities for these Manchester players. And I say that, Lucy, people in City fans and United fans will hate me for lumping them all together, but it it just so happens that these two clubs have the best fixtures um, coming up um, and we know that they can be very lucrative um, FPL options. Um, But yeah... um, one me- thing, I, sorry, just one thing I wanted to throw in that occurred to me. When on the pitch, Mares is on penalties, but mm. we kind of assume he's not first choice and he can only play in one position, really, whereas a lot of the others have a couple of roles they can play in this team. So does that maybe edge anyone towards Gundogan if we think he's next mm. in line on penalties? Yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know the extent. We'll find out tomorrow. In the Well, I say we'll find out tomorrow in the press conference. We probably won't, but we might get some idea of whether he's ill or injured or whether he's coming back or not coming back. Um, but yeah, my, my initial thought is I want one of these 7.3 guys. Um, um, Bernardo Silva, it's, it strikes me whenever Pep talks, it's Cancelo and Silva are the one. They're, they're just the, the glue players for him. 
they're the ones that play <laughs> every week. I think he can play. He can play obviously on the right. He yeah. can play right mid. Oh, right, like centre mid, left centre mid. Yeah. And I guess at a stretch at nine, but there's probably a few mm. people ahead of him there. Gundogan, I, I think he's, he has played in the nine role, but mm. he's probably looking at midfield at the moment. Foden is left and up front. So I wonder if Bernardo Silva has the most opportunity to be in the team. Yes, yes. And I think he might have the most 90s so far, maybe. Well, in these stats we've got up here, in terms of starts, if you were to filter it by starts, Silva's top, 13. Oh, lovely, thank Jesus, you. Jesus, 11. Gundogan, 9. Not too shabby. Grealish, 9 as well. Um, these are just attacking stats as well. We all know that Cancelo is nailed on as well in defence. Um, so Joe, you... can I can I add two, just two quick points here? Yeah. Um Actually, uh, I'm looking at the chat right now and shout out uh, Joshua Bloom, who's my college roommate. But oh. uh, before this game week started or when game week 13 ended, one thing I was looking to do was um, a double up on Silva and Gundogan. And yeah. I decided ultimately decided not to do it. But the reason here was because I obviously I, individually, when you look at these assets, they're great assets, right? But um, there's this thing called the theory of abundance. It, again, I'm getting ridiculous here, but, you know, basically theory of abundance is if one team is scoring an absurd amount of goals compared to other teams, it may be good to get more than one, you know, one slice of the pie, right? You want to get two slices of yeah. the pie and you try to predict who, which two are going to uh, score the most. Ultimately, I decided against it because I thought there were better individual assets there. But when when I guess the viewers or FPL managers are trying to double up, it's good to see these assets as individuals too, mm -hmm. but you should also combine that with how many goals are these teams actually scoring when you're thinking about yeah. their attacking assets. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important for me. And then on the note of the double up defense, if you have DS and Cancelo, I think it's a good differential moving forward. And one more shout out, last one, FPL Bruno, who's my uh, partner mm -hmm. in crime on Twitter. Uh, just mentioned uh, Laporte and I had Laporte for a while as well and he may be a cheaper alternative because mm. it looks like Pep likes that left-footed center back and uh, Stones is kind of out of the picture a little bit right now if anything Stones and Diaz are getting more rotated and Laporte seems to be uh, ah. kind of you know in that left center back position for that price point he may be the guy uh, you want to double up with too yeah I think okay. that's a really fair point I guess mm. to go with your theory of abundance defense is maybe the place to look only because we have those five midfield slots. And mm. if I had a sixth, maybe Gundogan and Bernardo was a lovely way to spend it. But if we think we've got Salah, we've got Jota, we've maybe got our cheaper option and Boomer, whoever it is, I wonder if just the opportunity cost of going for double City in there takes me away from like a Jota. But I love that. That's really nice thinking. Yeah, it's uh, lots lots up in the air for me at the moment. But it's nice that there's so many options as well. I mean, we've all rattled off a whole bunch of names. We can only have three City assets. And, it, and you know, we could it, it have a triple up. Um, you know, there is that potential there if we use our Son and Kane money wisely and want to spread it around. You could do something like, as, as you were suggesting, Andy, again, Gundogan, Silva as well. Or you can have, yeah, Laporte, Cancelo and... Foden. I mean, the, the, these are all possibilities. Um, no, I do me, wonder I'm... if Jesus could be shrewd just while I people are looking for strikers. Yeah. I know his returns haven't been that great recently, but he's got decent minutes under his belt and he's involved. Um, yeah, he's got yep. eight. He's got eight returns, eleven starts. Um, yeah, I mean, once again, he's. I do not rule him out at all as a cane owner um, because well, it comes back to that point Andy was making about who scores, <laughs> how many goals are they going to score? Well, a lot. It's like with Liverpool. Why? Why have myself and 
so many other managers got Salah, Alexander-Arnold and Jota because there's so many goals being scored. They're all going to get returns and they can all get them in the same match quite easily. Um, Seb, can I ask while we're on this double defense, why you're... Because I also don't like Alonso right now and I have him. Um, you're not a big fan of Alonso? Um, I mean, as a fantasy asset, we know his pedigree. I uh-huh. don't have him myself simply because getting there wasn't viable. Okay. Um, and I think, I mean, in FBL terms, we know, you know, while Chilwell's out, he's going to get minutes and he's probably going to get points. I thought in terms of real performance the other day, he was pretty poor. Yeah. But he's kind of been that for his most of his Chelsea career, right? He's often the player that Chelsea fans wish wasn't in the team. But from an FBL perspective, we love him. My current Chelsea double up is James and Rudiger. And I'm satisfied with that. If I was wildcarding now, maybe I would go for two wingbacks. But I don't see a reason to... T- turn Rudiger into like an Alonso when I've got other things I can deal with. Mm. Got and, you. And uh, even though you didn't ask me, but my opinion of it is I don't like to double up too much mm. unless it's something like Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Um, because as we saw against Watford, everyone thinks they're going to get um, a Chelsea clean sheet and they don't. And, um, and, uh, and it's not happening with City as well. So that's why you want the attacking players. So um, I'm not massively keen on it but if if there's a lot of clean sheets to be had or there's two players two usually wing backs or full backs who are getting attacking returns as well I do like to go for that but yeah I, I have my reservations about Alonso as well um, and I, I mean basically he's playing there because they haven't got anyone else <laughs> and that doesn't feel no, so it, as an Alonso and Reese owner you would suggest to just hold on to Alonso right Sorry to go on a tandem here. No, I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, it all depends because we don't know whether James is going to come back. <laughs> um, mm. And we don't know how long he's out injured for. It could be just not. He could be back this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if Chelsea do get clean sheets, Alonso will get it. He is the only one who can play there. Um, but he might have reduced minutes occasionally. Um, but it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't fill me with a lot of a lot of confidence. I think I think I probably prefer Rudiger myself. Rudiger and. Mm. James. If I could pick any of them right now and assume fitness, I probably would get James and Alonso. But I'm often a big advocate of just chilling out a little bit with this stuff. You know, yeah. you've got Rudiger and James like me, or you've got James and I don't yeah. know Trent and Robertson. You don't need to juggle them around too much when you can probably get a better EV from like using your transfers on midfield. Yeah, I, I also imagine. I mean, looking at our teams. There surely must be a bigger problem. <laughs> I mean, the luxury move of transferring Alonso out. If you've got Alonso, just just stick with him because he's going to play. Um, what about yeah. what about you, Andy? I what what do you mean? What am I going to do? Mm. Well, you you've asked us what we would yeah. do with our you know, double yeah. Chelsea defense. Or what what are, what are you doing? Or what I mean, I I, just, I was just very uh, disappointed with his perform Alonso's performance yesterday. I just thought uh, it was a little bit worrying. You know, I. I Granted, he could have got two assists. He was passed to assist twice. Um, And he's in those positions and and this and that. But you could see the difference between him and uh, and Chilwell. So um, as an early Chilwell owner and and someone who enjoyed his points, um, I miss him already. Mm. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like like we said, I think Mm. in real life performances, Chelsea fans do not enjoy Alonso. We just love him in FPL because of the attacking returns he brings. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I've just got him in my Sky team. This is my my uh, weekly mention of my Sky team, and uh, immediately regretted it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably is he is he good for shots? Maybe in Sky. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, um, it's mainly just to, to tap into the Chelsea. The way the Sky game works is just that you you get a, everyone gets a wild card, and it's basically when they when they go off to the Club World Cup. So, getting Chelsea assets now is good. Um, mm. And then you can remove them then for free. Um, so um, shall we move on? Mid-price mids. Yes. Um, I have a slight selfishness for this because I'm always interested in mid-price mids. And there's a lot of them. I've just, I've just got Gallagher in my team and he's got me nothing so far last couple of weeks. Uh, meanwhile, I've Rafinha. Lots of people have Rafinha still. Um, and then there's Smith Rowe and Saka. Um, and there's this guy, Bowen, who, um, well, as well, several tell us maybe a bit later uh, or maybe soon he's very very low owned I didn't I was I didn't know how low owned he was um, but um, yeah cheap fielders might might be needed if we want to um, access some of these city and uh, United uh, assets so we had some community questions on these mid-price mids um, wild goose chase is it worth holding on to Trossard is another asset there um, yeah well I watched the game last night as as, as I as you should as an Amazon Prime um, customer and a Brighton fan and um, Trossard was amazing <laughs> um, but he didn't score <laughs> and I think that probably just sums him up um, so Karen 14 who is the best sub 7 million midfielder for the next 4 to 6 game weeks hopefully we can answer that shortly FPL Canyon is Mbomo um, a hold for the next 2 Leeds and Watford before moving out yes lots of owners of him and Tony as well so I've got some stats here they are. These are the midfield stats. So I, I've I've filtered this a bit. So this is all matches, minutes per expected goal involvement, uh, maximum price of 6.9. I think I've got them all there. Um, but a minimum of two goals. So they've already shown some promise there. So I'm not interested in Trincao or whatever Wolves have got to show me. And um, so these are, these are ones that have, have actually delivered and are starting. And Bowen is at to- is the top six point four, um, two goals, four assists, fourteen shots on target, and nineteen chances created. Look at those corners, thirty eight. So he's more than Rafina, and then Rafina's second, six point seven. Now we know his fixtures turn, um, so Seb might have something to say about that. But um, I, I I enjoy having Rafina in my team at the moment, certainly, especially if he's going to score in the 90 whatever minute for a penalty that he's third choice for anyway um and um but anyway six goals and then Saka Gallagher and Bomo for nows six million interesting Townsend at Everton still there Trossard Warprouse Madison who's creep who's going to be creeping up this um table I would imagine if he carries on with his form Smith Rowe uh Cornet at Burnley Ben Rama's still there and Jorginho who um, on penalties 5.8 for some people the uh, best player in the world over the last year um, <laughs> if you're an Italy fan obviously um, but yeah Andy what do you think I mean, what's, what's your mid-price midfielder set up at the moment who have you got and who are you looking to get rid of and who are you looking to get in uh, who do I have I have uh, Salah Jota Gundogan Mbumo and um and uh, uh, Brownhill, so okay. quite a few um, bench fodder there. Mm. Um, I'm looking to get rid of Mbumo 
you know, he has decent fixtures for the next two, so mm-hmm. it's no no rush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is, like, we're too, as FPL managers, we're, you know, emotional at times. And, you know, Bowen's been frustrated, or not Bowen, um, and Bumo's been frustrating, to say the least, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, an asset that's starting and giving you, you know, solid 90 minutes at his price point is never a bad thing is it's like you know there's probably other burning holes that you have Mm -hmm. to take care of if you don't have anything then yeah he becomes your burning hole and i think uh he's about to become my my you know main main guy i need to get rid of Mm. and i'm super super excited to bring in uh bowen i I just think bowen's gonna go on a tear um i know he's playing what man city this game week right but after that um just I'm excited to bring him in. If anything, I think he's going to do better than uh, Antonio. So um, that's that's the guy I'm going to go for. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm an Antonio owner. I'm, I'm going to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I've said for a number of weeks now. I wish I wish Bowen was the one I had in my team, but I can't. And I, uh, yeah, with with West Ham's fixtures improving soon, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to remove Antonio. But I, I, I do not rule out a double up. In fact, I, yeah, Bowen is has to be the top choice but um yes um as Seb was saying it's ownership like three percent or something two percent yeah i think i think it's three percent or so what's that um he was nearly mate he's got chelsea this week otherwise he probably yeah. would have been my differential yeah um so it's you know it's tough there um Seb, what about rafina so i mean should i keep i mean he's just a good player isn't he and late leads a bamford's going to be back soon so even with the poor fixtures should i just keep him i mean I feel like for a long time it's maybe been don't buy, don't sell. That old uh, that old FPL saying. I wonder if the time to sell could be coming. Like some of his returns have been fortunate. His numbers are still okay. They're not. We could see better. He scored one cross that was definitely a cross. One free kick that was definitely a cross. Mm-hmm. And he's third or fourth in line for penalties. Yeah. But maybe you know, maybe in training he's trying to take them and he wants to be first choice. But on the information we have available, he is behind Bamford and Click. And Rodrigo took the last one yeah. when neither of them were on the pitch. So maybe we've got a little bit of luck there. And our fixtures after Brentford are really tough. Yes, Bamford's back. That doesn't necessarily mean Rafina himself will get more returns. It means Leeds will be a better attacking outfit. But maybe it's Bamford, you know, getting those points. Sure, a few more assists for Rafina, but then the harder fixtures, that probably balances out. For me personally, he may be the player I sacrifice for a City asset mm. or maybe for Bowen himself. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> You see the price there, 6.7 to Bowen, 6.4. Bowen's price is going to go up. Rafinha's price is going to go down. Bowen's points, FPL returns, are going to go up because they're, they're the fixtures. He's on everything. Um, and Well, he's not necessarily on everything. I think Fornals took some corners, but he is on a lot of corners. Um, and um, uh, creates, I mean, he's got points across the board there. He just seems to be involved. And I, I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of spoken about West Ham a bit, but I hadn't really watched them in detail until until they played my team Brighton. In, but in terms of from an emotional point of view, I mean, so you can see you see them taking on another team. You just go, oh, you know, uh, well, it's good a good counter attack. But when you when they're playing your team and you can, you see your team like Brighton were dominating possession, playing really well, and then West Ham just rocketed up there, engineered a set piece, got the corner. And it either resulted in a goal, as in with Suchek's header, or um, nearly a goal, or there was a, a Antonio almost assisted for now. Uh, I think it was for now's hit the bar and chances, lots of chances 
from from suddenly out of nowhere and and that obviously I, I knew that sort of the way they play but when they're doing it against your team it's it's always it almost feels unfair but you know they engineer that and i think one thing really good at it well. yeah oh, sorry sorry joe i'm just going to say that uh if Antonio does get a rest, which I don't know, I think he might end up getting just 60s rather than like yeah, a 90 I off. So. But Jared Bowen probably is the replacement yeah. for him up front yes. when that happens. Yeah, he replaced him in Europe um, up front. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he, yeah, he's top of my shopping list, um, really. And Rafinha, you know, I like like my price points and Rafinha to Bowen. It doesn't get, doesn't get better than that. Um uh, someone in the chat did just mention that after the next four or five Rafinha's fixtures look good again. Mm. Completely agree. But that's four or five weeks. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to come quick, but that's a long, long time. We can get him back if we need to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mm. I, I don't really think money comes into it as well because, I mean, the prices are going to change. And, you know, what are you talking about? Like 0.2 or something. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're getting, you know, X number of points extra during that time. Um, yeah, I think we just have to go with, you know, fixtures brief form. Hopefully, even though last time we were on there, we, form doesn't exist. But you know what I mean? Fixtures breed <laughs> good performances, <laughs> which create FPL points. Um, but um, now I've got, I've got Gallagher in my team, as I said earlier. I barely, I'm new to Gallagher. And immediately I have noted <laughs> he's playing really deep. Um, annoyingly <laughs> so. <laughs> he, uh, he is such a good one for like <laughs> the old stats versus watching the matches question. Yeah. Because his stats are great. But it really depends on where he's playing. And I guess you probably yep. need to have a bit more knowledge on Palace than just looking at where he sits on a table yeah, yeah. to be able to project, yeah. predict, as Andy was saying, uh, going forward. And yeah, I, I don't know the answer. I've not owned him all season. Mm. I certainly wish I had done at points. I think he is probably the best Palace asset. Yeah. But I think you're going to see periods of no points and then periods of lots of yeah. points, depending on how they line up. He he was on, also, um, with, with Molivievich not there, he was on loads of set pieces <laughs> um so if they were going to get an assist if there was assist to be had it was from him but at the same time most of the match he was quite deep um but it seems to be MacArthur. Uh, is it macarthur uh, um is injured so um uh he's sort of fulfilling that role a more defensive central so do you mind if i add uh something real quick to the mm. the mid-price mids yeah, yeah. Uh, i guess mm. yeah so you know earlier on when i was talking about rangrick i, I was talking about how in order, it's philosophy, mm. one, second, strategy comes in, okay. third, tactics, okay. and then production. Production as in yeah. uh, the results, right? Yeah. In FPL, we kind of make our decisions the reverse way, yeah. right? Production as in, as in we look at uh, underlying stats, and then maybe tactics, we look at heat maps, mm -hmm. out of position, this and that, and then strategy, and then maybe lastly, we don't even look at philosophy, right? No. So um, why I'm saying this is in the old uh, fixture verse form, kind of debate and especially for the mid-price midfielders i kind of strongly believe that you you when you when it comes to fixtures like fixture run whether it's uh you know spurs fixture right now or the upcoming west ham fixtures i strongly believe that you pick the guy that's the most productive yeah. so highest xg shots in the box this and that yeah and no matter what this guy will most likely win out it's just yeah. a game of 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 you know um dice or numbers right yeah. Versus when you have a guy like Rafinha, and I'm going to add Madison in here, um, their underlying stats are not always that great, right? It's, it, you know, obviously they're going to have spurs, uh, you know, moments of greatness, but 
relative to like you know what we see in Bowen, they're not they're not that great, but they're so talented. And so when it comes to players like this, I usually buy them based off form. So fixtures less matter less for me. So mm-hmm. Madison's also someone that I'm I'm keen keen on possibly getting into my team okay. um, because he just you know he just goes on these runs. But what do you guys think about Madison? Um, I'm I'm just not looking at Leicester in particular. I think mm. I um. But I do agree at the moment because his because his ownership is so low and and yes he has been you know when he's and he he cares about the stats. Have you seen those those post interviews? I think he corrected an interviewer who said, "Oh, you've had X number of assists this season." He corrected him. He said, "Oh no, I think you'll find that I've actually had." And he he notes all these things down. <laughs> he knows all of these things. He he is going for all of these personal records. And, and Does he really? Yeah, yeah. So he he is fully aware of these things, and um and I like that for for an FPL asset. So yeah, I mean I don't I don't rule him out. Um, but as we can see with this list here, I mean I've just filtered it by this, but you can filter it however you want, um, and you can add more names to this list. But there's so much choice in this category. I've never known it so productive. You talk about being productive, but um, and then there's Arsenal as well. Um, Saka, if fit, yep. I think he's a great asset. Smith Rowe, talk about productive. He always looks the best player on the pitch whenever Arsenal play. Well, depending on who they play. Um, and I've, we haven't even spoken about Corne at Burnley, six point one. Um, so oh, no, his his was... returns are nuts so far from yeah. like, numbers he's put up. But he's that, 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 he's that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't mean he couldn't continue. But we'd expect him to have to improve his underlying numbers to continue the rate he's at. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah he's overperforming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's so much so much choice at the moment. And um, for me, fixtures. Um, but I do I do uh, agree with that sort of productiveness and. I guess the sort of explosive potential of someone like Madison. And there's something about Rafinha. I quite like the way he keeps getting eight to nine points, but no more and no less. And I kind of <laughs> quite like that. There's a, there's a reliability, nice reliability in that, <laughs> um, which I quite like. Um, I mean, he's certainly talismanic for us. And uh, to build on what Andy was saying, it's about having, I don't know, means and motive opportunity, all that. You know, yeah. fixtures are the opportunity. Yeah. And then you actually need a player that is capable of taking... Yeah. The most of that opportunity yeah. you know we see bad teams with good fixtures and we don't pay any attention we see good teams with good fixtures and that's when we want to get on board okay let's... yeah i mean uh, go ahead no 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 you can't come on sorry andy uh just last point on rafinha i mean his uh, looking at this chart his stats are pretty good but rafinha is just so talented that um you know he's always a threat in every game um you know whether you get a lot of chances or not it doesn't matter but the thing about Rafinha is more than fixtures for me, it's if the team improves, he becomes a tremendous mm-hmm. asset. So that's why, you know, we need Bamford to come back and it leads to show a little yeah. bit of more improvement. And, and then for me, it's Rafinha, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's have just have a quick look at the next four fixtures. We've already looked at who's at the top, the so Manchester clubs. Liverpool, it doesn't really matter where Liverpool are in this, but anyway, Liverpool got great fixtures. So um, even more points, um, Wolves, uh, Villa, Newcastle, and then Tottenham. So a great set of fixtures there. Brentford, so yeah, for those with Brentford assets, Leeds and Watford up next, arguably to keep. Um, I've got I've got the Brentford goalkeeper somehow still, and um, I'm quite happy to keep him for this run. Um, anyway, he's got Manchester United and then Southampton in that next four. But then further down, Wolves, so... Cody owners like me, anyone else with Jimenez, etc. I think Seb, you've had Jimenez, and you still got Jimenez in your team. I've had Jimenez since like yeah. game week five. <laughs> since he was born, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got... quite like him. He's one, he's one of those players that you know just 
yeah. quietly ticks along with the numbers yep. and there's good fixtures. He does a good little job yeah. for a good price. Yes. I will probably be losing him very shortly. Yes. And I feel unfortunate not to have had a goal in well, the last it, couple, it, but he's done okay. I mean, I've never, I mean, I've seen some fixture runs like this. The Wolves fixtures for game week four till now have been great. And then they just drop off that cliff. Liverpool, City, the worst you can get. Brighton, tricky defence. Um, Chelsea. Um, that's that's the worst <laughs> set of fixtures you can get. Um, I might be biased as Brighton. Man. Leeds fixtures turn, um, but as we said, there's um, a debate to be had about around keeping Rafinha or not. Uh, Newcastle, um, their mi- their mini flurry of good fixtures about to come to an end. Um, they've got Burnley next, then Leicester, Liverpool, City, bad. Um, Norwich fixtures turn. So if you're a Pookie owner, start to think about uh, a Pookie exit, perhaps. Um, but the, out of all of these teams here, the one I'm most interested in is Aston Villa, um, who mm. appear to be very good now under Stephen Gerrard. And Ollie Watkins is top of my Kane replacement list currently. Not Ronaldo, because they've got Leicester. There's goals in that. Um, I'm not going to get him just yet, so I'll miss out on that. Liverpool, that's the bad one. Then, once that's out of the way, game week 17, you've got Norwich and Burnley. So... Very, very tempted to get Watkins in game week 17 and see how we go with him. Um, so, um, but yeah, looking at these fixtures before we move on, any any general thoughts about teams here that we haven't mentioned? No, <laughs> I've mentioned <laughs> <Silent>. all. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you've covered it. I don't want to repeat what you've said, so I will leave it to Andy mm. if he's got any thoughts on it. No, I I, I like that Watkins pick. I like, uh, um, mm. you know, Jared's been... Uh, you know, very surprising. He's he's a great coach so far, and uh, I like his positioning. Um, when you think of Aston Villa, you have to think of them as mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before, but you have to think of him as a light version of Liverpool in some ways mm-hmm. with their three forwards, and um, especially um, Watkins is playing kind of that inside forward role. Um, so he's eating up a lot of really good half spaces and positions. So, uh, and plus he scored he scored um, you know some decent goals. So. I like him. I okay. really like him as an option. Okay. Um, with these fixtures in mind, let's pick a differential each. Um, I'll go first quickly. Um, Jaden Sancho, mine. It's a real hit and hope. <laughs> Hail Mary. Um, he's for the dreamers, really. So one goal so far. <laughs> whoop de doo um, 2.3% teams, 8.9%. Um, so, but what I'm thinking is that he is could be one to watch. As Andy uh, was, was alluding to with our... Manchester United chat um, he could be a favourite of the new manager and if he is um, he has done well um, in the Bundesliga so let's see Um, but we've had some success with picking differentials recently this could be the moment it ends but I do think Sancho could be one to invest in even from now I think Manchester United fixtures turn could be could be one to go to but I do stress it's one for the dreamers there um <laughs> andy who is your differential no i like uh i like sancho I, sancho would be my number two differential um and number one if fit is gundogan okay yeah no we've, we've spoken about him yeah no, I, I can't argue with that um especially that um seb your um differential that you've you've been been slaving over for i was just checking gundogan's ownership 4.1 percent. that's oh. crazy great shout mm-hmm. yeah yeah, nice. Um, and for me, they're third on your ticker there. Um, we've spoken about defenders a lot. It is the definition of a differential. 
I'd probably do it to double up with Trent rather than mm-hmm. replace. But Andrew Robertson for me. Okay. A bit of recency bias and, you know, three assists in two matches, but they've got no, some love lovely, it. lovely fixtures. Salah's leaving if you haven't mm. got Jota. I think there's an opportunity there for you. It is the definition of a differential, but he's like 2% owned or something yeah. silly. He's picking up there's the assists a game as to well. be made. Picking up the assists. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and Liverpool will be depleted. And so those um, places in our teams will be um, opening up in a few weeks' time. But in the meantime, yeah, if you don't have Jota... Double up on Alexander Arnold and Robertson. That's definitely worked for me in the well in the past. Um, let's have a look at the community team. So we're managing um, uh, a manager called Alex's team. Uh, he's a top one hundred manager, um, but he's uh, bowed out this season. But he created his team, so he didn't want it to sort of be left. Um, so we we've taken it on and we're using it as a sort of uh, a way of um, you know talking about transfers as well. Um, we wildcarded. Um, Game week seven, and we've had green arrows ever since and rocketed from about 800k to we're now somewhere around the 120, 130k mark. So it's going well. We've got a few more players tonight. We've got Kane, um, Ramsdale, um, I think that's it. But we brought in, uh, yeah, good moves actually. Um, Antonio and Saka were removed for Jota and Pookie. So that's worked just, out. Just for people listening as well, Joe made these moves. So when he goes, oh, good moves, actually. He knows what he's done. He knows what he's done. I, I made some good moves. Um, no, no, I put, it, I put it out to the committee. Um, but um, the team, I mean, this. I'm going to look back on this this wild card we did in game week seven. And even though it's not my team, I'm going to, this is what a wild card. I mean, it's just, and, and it's just trucked along this team. You know, in, you can put... You know, got full of the right price points in and out, and it's got a, the one or two differentials. So I'm really pleased with this. Um, but nevertheless, um, I think we should save a transfer <laughs> and get a bit more information. Um, but if we were to make a move, perhaps Zaha could make way for Gundawan or Bernardo Silva. Um, yeah, so I would, I'd be tempted to do that this week. But mm, like yeah. you say, maybe with injuries, illness, what have you, we can afford to hold on. We may need a bench for James. Yeah. I'd be tempted to start Tony over Zaha. Yeah, um, yeah, we could do that as well. I mean, as I said, the, the bench is looking pretty good as well. Even Douglas Louise got an assist for us this week uh, from the bench. Um, but so, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm tempted to hold. And yeah, I agree, perhaps uh, Tony instead of Zaha for this one. Or indeed, instead of Liveramento. Um, Andy, this is your chance to ruin our team. So what would you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I like the idea of rolling. I would roll too. Uh, if you had two transfers, I would make a fun move here mm. um, and go Livermento to uh, Ben Johnson. I, I think Ben Johnson is, yeah. uh, you know, luxury move, but uh, could be a decent option with mm. the West Ham fixtures. And looks like he's nailed his spot. Um, and mm. it, it, when Kufal does come back, he plays on the other side as well. So uh, at 4.0, um, Ben Johnson. Not a bad shot, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Livermento's in my side, um, of so many of our sides. Um, but yeah, I'm happily benching him at the moment. Um, and I'm not particularly worried about that. And even the good fixtures, I'm thinking, well, I think, I still think Southampton can concede here. Um, so um, yeah, it, it would be an upgrade um, by downgrading in a, in a weird way. Um, let's have a look at our teams. So um, here's me for game week. Uh, 15 um, so people will look at this immediately and say oh, you're playing Cody against Liverpool I'm not going to be like Cody he's a Cody shaped hole in this team so I've got Fernandez, um, Reese James or Antonio on the bench uh, whichever <laughs> uh, Alexander-Arnold 
Cancelo, Cody-shaped hole, Salah, Jota, Rafinha, Gallagher. And up front, I've got my man, Adam Armstrong, and Kane, who's my vice captain. Salah captain, obviously. Um, and it's a 4-4-2. It could end up being a 3-4-3 uh, with Antonio coming in for James. But Cody is my weakest link because Wolves fixtures jump off a cliff. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of fixing the weakest link. Um, and one thing that, that troubles me every week is I don't have an Arsenal defensive asset. Um, Ramsdale is killing me so many weeks. Um, I can't afford to move to Ramsdale. I'm a point one or two short, but I can afford to move Cody to an Arsenal defender. And currently I've got my eye on Tommy Asu. And Tomiyasu, who is, as far as I can tell, is nailed on. He doesn't see, I think Callum Chambers may be his only backup, but um, he's completely nailed on. He's had um, all matches, he's had seven goal attempts out of 10 starts, which is not bad for um, a defender. He's only 4.6, created seven chances, three shots inside the box, and he's had an assist as well so far. So I could get the odd um, attacking return from him. Um, and there's those lovely Arsenal clean sheet points. Um, if for some reason he shoots up in price after people see this and think, oh, I'll get him in um, and I can't afford him. I'll just get Ben White, who's 4.4 for those clean sheets. Um, Tavares at 4.3 interests me. But looking at the stats, Tierney's there still lurking in his short sleeves in the middle of winter and 10 chances <laughs> created in, in his eight starts. Um, you know, he's not to be ignored and he could come back in. So Tavares could, I don't know. I, I just, I, there's, there's a question mark there. But for me, Tommy Asu just seems to have everything and um, very lowly owned, but it will, but you know, immaterial because it will help me cover that Arsenal defence. Um, so yeah, my move. Um, Andy, here's your team. Do you want to just quickly run through who you've got and um, a few flags and um, yeah, what you're going to, what you're planning to do? Yeah, I, um, sure. I, I don't really have any plans right now. I have two free transfers and uh, maybe 1.8 or 9 in the bank. Mm. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, I need more information um, on James Gundogan. And mm. um, as, as I mentioned before, I, I my weak link is Huang. I, he's been he's Korean, but he's been awful. So <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll be the first to admit and mm. I, I want to get rid of him. And so. Uh, I'm going to present a popular question to you guys, um, and it's Joshua King versus Dennis. Um, and so I'm going to get one of those boys in, and I'm moving towards Joshua King most likely. Yeah. But do you guys have some input here? Yeah, Joshua King. Yeah, if oh sorry, Joe, did you want to go? <laughs> no, no, you go for it. I mean, I... cool. I had a look at this earlier, and um, so assuming you don't need the 0.3, which I think is important to say because this could be the player you bench, and you know, 0.3 could get you. Uh, I don't know, maybe a defender that you couldn't otherwise afford and be a better net move but which is why that, i mentioned ben johnson as well mm. uh, that's absolutely fair enough and actually mm. i haven't thought of him i think he's a nice option on the wildcard mm -hmm. he could be good but with that set aside i think it's quite clearly josh king so okay. per 90 king has 0.64 uh, non-penalty xg plus xa whereas dennis has 0.46 dennis however has returned one goal or assist per 90 so far and king 0.7 so Dennis is quite clearly overperforming, and fine, that could continue, but the numbers suggest that going forward, King is more likely to score or, or assist. King is on penalties, and he is notionally playing up front, although there's a bit of movement there, and we know, you know, with Watford exceeding possession, he may be dropping deep. Obviously, Dennis as well may well be going to AFCON, I believe. Mm. And then finally, 
there is the point to note about King's hat trick he scored against was it Everton, mm. where he put up mm. something like 2.1 XG, which is a lot of his underlying stats. If though we take that out of the numbers, he still beats Dennis. It's a lot closer, but he still beats Dennis. So my only concern of, oh, is he just riding on this one good performance? Arguably, no, he's not. So I would go with Josh King. Yeah, and um, I can't be as, as um, uh, detailed as that, but I like him. <laughs> no, I want him. No, he's on... Perfect he, breakdown. Uh, while while Saar is, is out, he's on penalties. We can't ignore penalties with a team with good fixtures coming up. And uh, all of the reasons Seb's outlined, I do think he's more sustainable. He has pedigree in the Premier League. Um, so I have great memories of Josh King halls in the past with Bournemouth. Um, with uh, uh, Dennis, I don't know. Uh, yeah, is it sustainable? Is it unsustainable? Don't know. Um, but if I can't, I mean, I've got Adam Armstrong. So my price point play, um, I'm looking at getting um, uh, Josh King in in a couple of weeks. But not yet nice. because um, uh, the fixture is quite tough this weekend. Um, but uh, yeah. No, I um I, I think if you, if anyone can afford it, go for him. Uh, but if you can't, I mean, you can't go you can't go wrong with them. But I, d- I don't know if Dennis is going to play in Afcon though. I'm not sure whether he's actually yeah definitely. Uh, no, no, I'm not sure. It's worth finding out before you make the move though, if you want to hold them for a while. Yeah, no. So, um, but yeah, King. That's just yeah penalties and all the all all the reasons Seb gave as well. Um, so um, yeah, Seb, your your team. Oh, sorry. Just before we move on, just for the podcast version, um, Andy, you've got uh, you you've got a four four two as well so far. Ramsdale, Alexander Arnold, James, Alonso, Cancelo, Salah, Captain uh, Jota, Gundogan, uh, and Bomo, and then you've got Kane and Tony up front with Liveramento, um, Hoang, and Brownhill, and Foster, the injured Foster on the bench. Um, Seb, your team. Who have you who have you got? Who are you getting rid of? Who are you are you did? Are you going to make any moves? Um, I, I don't think I have already. These game weeks are coming too quickly. I think okay. I've still got one to make. Okay. Because we're in the middle of a game week, aren't yeah. we? I've got one to make still, of course. So I have Sanchez in goal, as I have done all season. Uh, Trent, Cancelo, James, Rudiger. Mm. Salah captain, Son vice captain, uh, Diogo Jota, Rafina, and Mbumo. And then I have Antonio up front at the moment. Ooh. But frankly, if I could play none of my forwards, I would. <laughs> I've got Antonio Jimenez in the, <laughs> and bench fodder Keenan Davis. I want to play Liveramento instead. So... <laughs> I might try and make a forward transfer, but realistically could be one of the city guys or it could be a role. We'll see what, you know, a couple of days more information brings. Okay. Yeah. I mean, looking at that midfield, it does look quite good actually. (laughs) All all lined up there. Yeah. Um, I I do. Just one thing to add as well. I do have that wild card, which we've been mentioning for weeks and I probably should have used it to get Chelsea wing backs when that was a good idea. I think I have two opportunities really. Game week 16 with a bit of a Man United, Man City fixture swing. Yes. Or, and this is a bit more speculative, about game week 19, the last time we can use it is game week 20. So 19 or 20, because Chelsea go on a run of like basically the other good teams in the division. And then potentially, well, they definitely have those two blanks. The only thing to keep in mind, and uh, someone more afraid with the fixtures schedule than me will uh, be able to tell you on Twitter. But if I think they lose to Brentford, they may end up with a double in Mm. around about game week 19 or 20, something like that. Uh, No, it might be the new year, actually. So in that case, you wouldn't wildcard to get rid of your Chelsea assets. But assuming that doesn't happen and they have some tough, tough fixtures and then blanks, I'm tempted to use the wildcard there. Everyone else can do it with free yeah. transfers, but I've got a wildcard well, to I'd, use. So those are my two options. Um, I mean, as I, I've got two free transfers this week. I only plan to use one and I want two in game week 16. I'm not averse to a hit then. And so if that's any help to you as a, as someone thinking of wildcarding, as, 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 as someone who's hasn't got a wild card. I also am looking at game week 16 as a key pivotal game nice. week of which to 
take sure. advantage of fixture swings. Um, and I think, you know, a hit may be worth it, but certainly two transfers are, are definitely going to get booked in. Um, so, yeah, if I had a wild card, that's, that's when I'd go for it, definitely. Have yeah, you, have you, Andy, have you still got your wild card left, by the way? No, I'm I'm so surprised, Seb. You you have your wild card. Um, is your is your rank pretty good right now? Um, I am. Well, I was ninety k the end of last week, down from about fifty, because okay. um, okay. I just had that. You know, I had the team that the defense that everyone had finally wanted, and they did nothing. Um, which is why I say realistically, I think I missed my best opportunity because my mm. team has been pretty solid all the way. So it always been like, a, well, there's no problems to fix, and I kept nearly doing it. You know, from a position of strength, but never quite did. The opportunity mm. I would have loved is, you know, the Chelsea wingbacks. But hey, hindsight's brilliant, right? I should have just left that alone. Um, mm. So now I do feel like 16 is maybe the one for me. And hopefully, you know, other people did brilliantly their wild cards. So if I can hold on to top 100k and then use the wild card to set myself up for the second half of the season, maybe I can drag it in there. Wow, that's amazing. I think you're the the last one that I of the people I know that has a wild card. So hopefully you go, <laughs> go on to use it and, and possibly win the game. So um, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, see, good see on See if I can't do the opposite, right? Take out all the players that do well. And uh, I've spent this long building a good team with free transfers. I'll dismantle it now. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we, we have to leave you all now. Um, I've got to um, go to the cinema shortly to see a hot, <laughs> a hot new film called uh, The Maltese Falcon with some new star called Humphrey Bogart in it. And um, so very much looking forward to nice. that. <laughs> and uh, Andy, thanks so much um, for joining us. And... Um, and Seb, so much for coming back again. <laughs> for I, I just want to echo as well, Andy, you've been brilliant. Yeah, Thank it's been so great. That's, that's, Thank you so much. Appreciate that's it. That's two Andys now on here that are better than me. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in like three months. And uh, <laughs> and, and Andy, there's a, a traditional farewell we always do. So um, okay. I'll start. It's a goodbye from me. A goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Goodbye all.